Why you go on the journey is so important. And I tell people, especially with regard to the journey that I went on, if you're trying to figure out why you're going on the journey, you need to sit down with pen and paper and be brutally honest with yourself about why you want to go on the journey and make it not about your weight and not about anybody else. As we travel down life's highway, navigating personal and professional connections can be challenging. But here on Destination Connections, Kelsey and Robin will explore their 10 travel tips to help guide your journey. So buckle up and enjoy the drive. We're here at our first reflection question for our first travel tip for last season. Aww, you gotta take the good with the bad. <laughs> yeah, it's too <laughs> exciting in one. But wait, last season? Not like ever. Of this thing, this <laughs> okay. format, this setup. Okay, our <laughs> listeners just had a heart attack, Kelsey. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. But today, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a really fun episode. We're, as you guys know, if you listened to the last episode, we're talking about the travel tip, you dig you. So we've kind of made it in this journey to where we're in the we're at the point to where we really want to take the time and effort to like love ourselves and dig ourselves and there's a couple different ways we can do that the first one that we're going to look at today it, it revolves around physical health and yes. we we think you know there's there's something there that when we're taking care of and reflecting on our physical health that's going to help us love ourselves more and the the reflection question in the book, as you you know work through the workbook, you'll see it's uh, why and how will I care for my physical health? So we want to look at why it's important, and and that may differ from person to person. You know, mm-hmm. when I feel this way, that's why I do it. You know, and then how, what way or things work for us? So today we're very excited to have with us Leslie, who's the author of You Can't Eat Love. Uh, Leslie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited. I listen to you two all the time, and I am just absolutely thrilled that I actually get to meet you and talk to you. Awesome. We're excited you're here. I'm thrilled to be surrounded by two published authors. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like a celebrity. (laughs) The the one person who... It's fine. It works. <laughs> so, so um, Kelsey, you're the person on the red carpet with the microphone as there we go, go past, and then we pose. You ask us, you know, the question for E News and or uh, TMZ or whatever, and then <laughs> yeah. you know we pose in front of the sign, and then we go on, and you catch the next celebrity. I'm so hey, a okay with that. I'll take it. <laughs> it's a good place to be. <laughs> All right. So, you know, obviously, Leslie, you wrote this book, you have a journey to physical health to coming to love yourself to dig yourself and caring for yourself physically. So tell us a little bit about why? How does how did the book start? What's the genesis, the birth of the book? Well, the the birth of the book was that I was trying to tell a different story. And then this is the story that ended up falling out. Um, <laughs> and and I say that because it wasn't the story that I intended to tell, but what I heard inside myself was, um, this is the story that needs to be told. 
So I sat down and I released everything and just let the words literally fall out and you have the book. But the the crazy thing is the book is about my journey and the lessons that I learned as I went on the journey to become healthy mentally, physically, and emotionally. And I just love the fact that I get to talk with you guys about you dig you, because that was where I really started was learning to love myself, which in a really cool way is you dig you. I had to, I, I had to, and yes, I say I had to, I had to learn to dig myself. I had to learn that I was an amazing person. I was a wonderful person. I was creative. I had all this talent and that there wasn't anybody better for me than me. That was hard to do at first uh, because I did not love myself. And as a consequence of not loving myself, I didn't take very good care of myself. So starting on that journey of digging yourself, loving yourself, when or why did that happen in your life? Like, did you did you reach a breaking point where you were like something had to change or what inspired that? There was a breaking point. And like so many other people, when they make, you know, that hard right hand turn, I had hit a situation in my life where my oldest son and his wife decided they didn't want to have a relationship with me. And they were about to have their first child, my first grandchild. And it sent me back in time because my own mother died two weeks before my first child, this very child was born and he would have been her first grandchild. And I had never grieved her death because I really didn't have the opportunity opportunity. Mm-hmm. She died two weeks later. I've got a baby. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. sorry people, but you don't get to grieve yeah. or I didn't get to grieve because I didn't understand how to take care of myself mm-hmm. in that way. So when I hit that point with him, I said, okay, I can go one of two ways. I can either keep going down this path that I'm going down and it's going to end up not very good. Or I can decide, you know what? There is hope for the relationship, but when I restore the relationship, I want to be the best version of myself that I possibly can be. I decided at that time I wanted to live the best life that I could live, whether or not the relationship was restored, that I was tired of existing. I wanted to start living. Wow. That's unexpected answer, <laughs> you know, just for this to be born. And I can see, I don't, I don't know what the book was originally going to be about, but I can see how that is part of the story, I guess, of what you were going through, not, not the entire story. The other book, which I've torn apart was kind of the, the lessons learned and the pre, what I call the prequel to this book. Okay. But this book is more about here. I, I've, I've completed the journey. Now let me help the other me that's out there. Yes. Where yes. the other book that's not anything other than just a whole lot of words in a computer. <laughs> it's just, you know, the little tiny lessons that I learned, but they're not really the information that the other me needed. So had you previously to this, uh, focusing in on kind of physical health in particular, had you prior to this been someone who had cared for yourself, loved yourself physically, or had that been a struggle for you? What was your journey kind of up to that point with physical health? It was always um, a struggle to make sure that I was eating properly and to exercise. And I would play it going to the gym and I would play it 
you know, different diets and, and things like that. And I remember one time I took my youngest son and his cousin to a river and we had to climb down a really steep incline. And then we had to, you know, once you're down, you have to obviously go back up when you're ready to leap, right? Mm-hmm. And I kidded myself into thinking that I was in tremendous physical shape and I could barely get myself back up to the top. And it was so bad that I got to the car and then I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And I had to get, you know, these young boys, I want to say they were eight or nine years old at the time, you know, to go get Gatorade, to get whatever, to take care of me. And you would have thought that something like that would be a ginormous wake up call. Well, no, but that wake up call lasted about 10 miles down the road. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, I was back to living in that story that I was telling myself Mm -hmm. that I was in great physical health and, and, you know, nothing could hurt me and I was in great shape and all that kind of stuff. But it really wasn't until I hit that moment where I said, "Okay, I can't keep going in this direction. I'm ready to live my life. And what that means is I want to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it and how I want to do it. So as a consequence of that, I was like, okay, well, first thing you got to do is you need to start getting stronger. You know, you need to be able to walk more than five minutes. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, if you can't walk more than five minutes, you know, there's not a whole lot of living you can do. Right. So I started, you know, with little tiny things, tiny steps, little tiny steps, and I built on little tiny steps. Yeah, I feel like one of the most overwhelming things when you ask or talk to people about physical health is we all have these like big goals and dreams that are just so ginormous and seem so hard to attain that you really have to take it one step, one tiny goal at a time. Well, and the other thing that I recognized, and I say this to people all the time, is meet you where you are right now. And where you are is where you are. And it is okay because tomorrow you're going to be someplace different. Right. And what I used to do is I would, you know, say, okay, I'm going to join the gym and I'm going to go to the gym six days a week. And I'm going to do all this working out and I'm going to sweat and do all this stuff. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I hate sweating. <laughs> Can't stand sweating. I don't even like to breathe hard. <laughs> so Kelsey's one of those sickos who likes it. So I haven't had a choice. I am sorry, a sweater. Like I sweat so easily so much. So it was something I had to accept early on. You dig you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't like to voluntarily exert myself (laughs) to the point that I am sweating. Uh (laughs) So I recognized that I needed to meet me where I was and where I was was okay because it was where I was. Mm -hmm. And then I knew that if I did something today, that tomorrow I would be someplace else. So instead of saying, okay, I'm going to walk, you know, six times a week for 30 minutes, I said, you know what? No, 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 no. We're going to walk for five minutes and, you know, end of end of conversation, five minutes, period. That's it. Not six, not seven, not five minutes and 30 seconds, five minutes. Stop right there. And reality is I started out with 250 steps. I said, okay, we're going to walk 250 steps. Why 250 steps? Well, that's how many steps your Fitbit wants you to walk every hour. I started out small. And that's what I say to people all the time. They say, well, I want to exercise. I want to do all this. Well, is that what you're doing now? Well, no. Okay. Well, what are you doing now? Well, I'm not really doing anything. I said, okay, well then let's start small, you know, set a timer on your phone for two and a half minutes and walk two and a half minutes and then turn around and go (laughs) back. Because remember, we always have to get back home. It's just like, you know, I climbed down to the river and then I had to climb back up again. We got to get back home. 
And when we get back home, we want to be excited that we did that. We don't want to be saying, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. Oh, my gosh, every muscle in my body hurts or my knees hurt or my feet hurt or my hips hurt. Because when we do that, then when tomorrow comes, we're like, I can't. I just can't. I hurt. So if we start small, start where we are, accept that where we are is okay, because tomorrow is going to be another day and build on that. But I, I say over and over and over again, celebrate. Anytime you're doing something that you set out to do, celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Cheer yourself on. Oh, yeah. We're all for the tiny celebrations over here. <laughs> Life is hard <laughs> yes. and relationships are hard and digging yourself is hard. So yes. you have got to focus on those small wins to, I don't want to say stay motivated because I, I think it's more than motivation you know, to keep going. But I actually saw something online this week that I really liked. And I feel like it's a similar sentiment of um, to start looking at your days in segments, like as morning, lunch, dinner, evening. That way, if something bad happens, like it doesn't need to ruin your whole day. Like maybe you had a bad morning, but your afternoon could be completely different. And, you know, it's kind of what you're saying, like maybe where you are in this segment, it's fine. We just we just need to work on it and be true to where we are and then see where we are in the next segment and just treat everyone with kind of that like fresh outlook. And yeah, I think that's very helpful. Yeah, I like that. And I like the, the small steps thing, you know, the, the celebrating each step because, you know, I think we tend to compare, you know, our step to, you know, the so we compare our 250 steps to a marathon. Well, I didn't do a marathon, you know, like, wait, you walked 250 steps. How many did you walk yesterday? Probably not 250. You know, like, can you celebrate that? And it is just so much mindset that we're just not conditioned. We're not practiced to celebrate the small. We're, We're conditioned to judge you know, that that's not enough. Judge where we fell short rather than celebrate where we had a success. And especially with physical health, I feel like there's so much generalization. Like what's the right diet? What's the right workout plan? And we're just looking for like a one size fits all answer. And there really isn't because, you know, everyone's different and bodies are different and life is different. But the one I think maybe like strategy that can remain the same is be a little bit better than you were yesterday. You know, I think that that is something that actually does apply to all in this situation. And the other thing is we are so used to being critical. I I don't know about you guys, but oftentimes um, during, you know, the course of growing up or whatever, you bring home a paper that's a B plus. A lot of times in my house, my parents will say, well, how come it wasn't an A? I told my kids when they were growing up, be the best you that you can be. And your best is not the same as somebody else's. Mm-hmm. If you're doing your best, that that is enough. That's all that I can ask. That's why I'm saying celebrate the little things because you are not the person next to you. You're not even your sibling. And if right. you're a twin, you're not your twin. Right. You, you are you. You are an individual. You are unique. And who you are is who you are. And let's stop apologizing for who we are and just say, this is who I am. I'm doing the best that I can right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to celebrate the fact that I did this. I'm going to celebrate the fact that I walked 250 steps because you know what? Yesterday I wouldn't. Yeah. And I wrote about this in the book because it was very, very true. 
I was in a meeting and these old ladies, they're in that they were in their 70s, they're really, really old. Um, and I say that because I'm 64. Um, <laughs> much, 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 much older. <laughs> much, 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 much older, you know, about 72. Uh, they were bragging about, you know, getting um, 10,000 steps in a day. And I sat there and, and, you know, snickered to myself and said, well, I probably get at least 20 or 22,000. Well, then I, you know, got my Fitbit and um, I was ashamed <laughs> to realize I wasn't even walking 2,000 steps. Oh my goodness. Wow. So, you know, let, let's not crucify ourselves on the altar of comparison. Absolutely. Let's say that this is where I am. So, you know, talking about you digging you, you dig you right now where you are and say, you know what? I am enough right now where I am. And tomorrow I'm going to be someplace different and celebrate. And as you mentioned, Kelsey, you know, breaking your day up into segments. Okay. So you had a bad day or you had a bad moment or something happened and it didn't go the way you had planned. I started just saying, oh, well, and releasing it Mm -hmm. because it was much less destructive to release it than it was to keep dwelling on it. I read something the other day that said, ask yourself, what is happening in the past right now? Huh? (laughs) (laughs) What is happening in the past right now? Nothing. Nothing, Nothing is happening okay. in the past I right was now. Like the- I don't get it. This would be deep, Kelsey. Sorry. But it's, yeah. it's over. The past is over. So so living yeah. a life filled with regret or worry or fear, anxiety, carrying all this from what happened yesterday, it's pointless. I'm you can't change now. what happened. See, he probably said it a lot better than I. I summarized the article, <laughs> but that came away with it. Yeah, it was good. Uh, well, and I, I will say to people all the time, you can't live your life in your rearview mirror. Right. Right. There's there's the road trip. <laughs> there you go. In your car, you've got a very large windshield so that you can be looking forward. Right. And then you've got this little teeny tiny tiny rearview mirror, right? Yeah. And all you're doing is checking it for information. That's it. So if we look at the fact that we are in this car, we've got our hands on the wheel of our life. We are in charge. We can make the choice as to where we go. It was such an eye-opening moment for me when I realized, I realized this isn't exactly physical, but it is sort of. So many times we say so-and-so did something and that made me whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. How many times do you say that in a day? How many times do you say that in a week? And I was like, holy cow, wait a minute. Nobody can make me anything except reservations for dinner. (laughs) Our hands are on the wheel. I get to decide Mm -hmm. how I am going to react, how I'm going to feel as a consequence of whatever happened. Because when we are saying so-and-so made me such and such, we're taking our hands off the wheel of that car and the car is going where that person is wanting it to go. We keep our hands on the wheel we look through that big windshield and we make choices based on what we see ahead of us. And we check that little teeny, teeny, tiny, tiny rear view mirror just for information. Because, you know, we do need information from the past to help us make decisions about the present moment and the future. Right. So what's your advice for someone who their tendency is just to either compare themselves or to focus on the past or others or wherever they're looking. They're not looking through that windshield, right? 
What is the biggest piece of advice you could give them? What I would say to them is you are enough because so many times we do not believe that as we are, who we are in the moment that we are, that we are enough. So I would say to that person, first of all, you are enough just as you are. You are enough. You don't need all of this other stuff. You are enough as you are. I always find when I'm struggling to believe that it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, fake it till you make it like you might not believe it. And it might be it might seem so just far off on some days that you don't dig yourself. Just the power of our mind to persuade ourselves and convince ourselves of things. Sometimes I just have to fake it like, no, I love who I am. I I love that I'm not a morning person <laughs> and I'm so exhausted, you know, and you tell that to yourself enough and it becomes easier to believe. So that would kind of be put on my author cap for a second here, my first piece of advice. And then secondly, I found when I'm putting effort into digging myself and taking care of myself or putting work into my physical health or mental, whatever it might be, it's a lot easier for me to like love myself and think I'm awesome. Even if it is something small, if I'm walking forward, if I'm moving forward in any way, it just becomes a lot easier for me to believe that. Mm-hmm. As, as it's I physics. think it's physics. physics. The law uh, object in motion stays in motion. Oh, it's easier go. to, to move up. Yeah. I, I'm curious, Leslie, you know, we're talking about you dig you. We talk about physical health, talk about mental health, talk about spiritual health, you know, and there's so many components to our health, but the name of your book, I'm curious about because it, it to me speaks to way more than just physical health. We have heard for so many years and hear about eating our feelings and not eating our feelings and, and all of those things. So the, the title of the book again is you can't eat love. Where did that title come from? <laughs> Well, as I as I already commented, my my mother died, and it's been thirty seven years now. And so, at my first Mother's Day without my mother was my first Mother's Day as a mother. And so, Mother's Day was always very difficult for me. And my youngest sister, who was eight years younger than I am, she had commented a couple of years ago that on Mother's Day she would make uh, our family's secret family recipe chocolate meringue pie to honor our mother. And I was like, oh, I just don't know. So anyway, a couple of Mother's Days ago, I decided, all right, I think that I will try this. So I made the pie. And um, I mean, this is really what happened. And it's the first couple of paragraphs in the book. Mm-hmm. I made the pie and I had one piece of the pie on Mother's Day and nobody in my family really likes chocolate. So that's one reason why it's so deadly around my house. <laughs> but the next morning, I decided I would have a piece of chocolate meringue pie for breakfast. Don't argue with me. It is a perfect breakfast food. It has eggs. It has milk. It has flour. Oh, I got perfect your back. I'm, I'm there for that. I'm there for chocolate cake for breakfast. Yeah. The pie has something over the cake because it's got milk in it. so anyway i was i cut the piece of pie and i was really intentional about it i cut the piece of pie put it on the plate and i sat down and as i was eating the pie i was like oh my gosh i feel like i've got this what i call a myself sized hole in my heart and i'm trying to fill it with this food and I started remembering my mother and my grandmother and Willie Mae and my aunts and my uncles, you know, and all the family that is you know, no longer with us and, and the good times that we had and the laughter and all that stuff. And I grabbed a piece of paper and a pen and wrote, like I said, what became the first two paragraphs of the book. So it was really in that moment with that chocolate meringue pie, when I realized what I had been doing with food was I had been filling what I thought was a hole inside my heart. I thought that I was broken. 
And I was trying to do anything to stop the pain. And my drug of choice, as I realized in that moment, was food. Because that was the easiest thing for me to get hold of, you know, to help numb the pain. And the the myth about that is by using food as my drug of choice, what it then set off was shame. Mm -hmm. And I knew how to deal with shame, knew how to deal with that one very well. But what I didn't know how to deal with were all the other emotions, sadness, happiness, joy, you know, all those things, because I had never learned how to deal with that. So I I talk about that my self-sized hole in my heart that I was trying to fill up because it hurts so badly. Mm -hmm. And once I recognized that it was a my self-sized hole in my heart, I was like, okay, so what do we need to do next? And that was when really I started looking at, I am lovable. I am worthy. I am enough. I don't need that drug of choice. And so I started that little by little work to learn to love myself so that I didn't have to eat love. Mm. How many times do people say when I'm stressed, I eat? Well, it's because you know we're grabbing for something so that we can stop the pain. Mm. And I learned it didn't take me overnight. It took me a while. I still you know, struggle with it sometimes. Mm. But I, I learned that I am enough just, just as I am. And on those days when I eat a whole package of Oreo cookies, I say to myself, what was really going on? And you know what? It's okay. It's okay. We pick up and we keep moving forward. And how long ago was that? How long ago was the pie for breakfast day? That was, I want to say, four or five years ago. So it was after I'd already started on the physical journey of Mm -hmm. trying to get better. But it wasn't until I got the mental journey, the emotional journey really well underway that the weight really started coming off. It was no longer a struggle to keep it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the benefits you saw post pie day (laughs) outside of, you know, maybe just (laughs) physical, you know, weight, weight loss? Like what are maybe some unexpected changes in yourself or in your mood or reactions that you weren't expecting to see that you've discovered over the past few years? Well, interestingly enough, I I used to be one that hated to go to the gym because remember, I told you I don't like sweat. Uh, (laughs) Well, since I had so much weight to lose because I ended up losing almost 100 pounds, uh, I I didn't want to look like Jabba the Hutt. I was afraid, you know, losing that much weight, I would look like Jabba the Hutt. So I started going to a gym, you know, doing some kind of weight work. And then my son convinced me to go to another gym and I started working with a trainer. And what I was surprised at was how much stronger I was getting as a consequence of doing physical work. So where before convincing me to walk five minutes, well, that was a hard task. Now I walk at least 20 minutes, four times a day. Plus I go to the gym several times a day because I enjoy feeling my body being that strong. And the things that I can do are incredible. Plus, one benefit for people who are for women, especially over the age of 40, our bodies do not absorb calcium. So if you're trying to take calcium, uh, you might as well just take the pills and throw them against the wall because that's how much benefit you're getting from. So as, as a result of becoming more physically active, I'm, you know, putting stress on my joints and and my bones and things like that. So I'm strengthening my skeleton 
by doing the physical exercise. And at the end of the day, that was the other thing I recognized. I'm asking my body to do this. I'm asking my body to take care of me and I am not taking care of my body. So by getting into the gym, by doing the walking, you know, and if you're starting out, just start out small. I'm not saying, you know, go run a marathon or anything like that. Remember, five minutes. If you can do five minutes, you know, that's great. If you can do two and a half minutes, that's great. If you can do 250 steps, that's great because you're doing something for your body. That way, your body is actually going to start taking better care of you because you're not going to have the aches and the pains The other thing that I realized is how many times do you put a heavy something in the oven and you have to squat down, bend down to take that heavy something out of the oven and it's hot and all that kind of stuff. Well, I was laughing at myself the other day because I can't remember what I had in the oven. But anyway, it was something that I really had to balance. And I was just able to squat down, take the thing out of the oven, pull it all the way out and then stand back up again. And five years ago, I couldn't have done that. I would have had to ask somebody else to get it out of the oven for me. Yeah. What about, and this is a little bit of a loaded question, but have you, have you, and if so, what benefits have you seen or, or impact have you seen in your connections, in your relationships after making the decision to care for your physical health? Well, because I started liking myself a whole lot more and I was getting less embarrassed about being out in public and and seeing reflections of myself, I started connecting more with people because I was getting out. I was excited to do things. I wanted to go bowling, um, go to those crazy escape rooms. We took up scuba diving. We went hot air ballooning. Wow. Doing things with other people because it was more fun. And why was it more fun? Well, because I was getting stronger and I didn't get tired. I didn't get winded. I didn't think I'd be aching, you know, the next day. Mm -hmm. I knew that my body was taken care of. And so my body was going to take care of me. So, yes, it did improve relationships because I was able to do more. You mean these travel tips actually improve our personal and professional relationships? Thank you. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I love your podcast. Aww, thank you. No, I think it's a really important distinction. Listen to this podcast episode again and again and again. And you're not going to hear me say, you're not going to hear us say, it's really important to care about your physical health so you look a certain way. Like mm-hmm. that cannot be your motivation because frankly, no. that's not motivating enough. And that's that's not something that's going to sustain or frankly, something that's worth it. But what is worth it is you know, Leslie, like you were saying, the freedom to go hang out with your grandkids or your friends or meet new people, put yourself out there. Those connections that will either be built new, built freshly or strengthened that already exist, like that is worth it. And that is why we think it's so important. And we wanted to, you know, have it as a discussion and talk about it today. I was doing something yesterday and just how I felt as I was standing. I was secure in my stance. I wasn't concerned about wobbling or tipping over or anything like that. And it's, you know, as people age, yes, you you get less stable. If we're taking care of ourselves physically, well, then we're not as concerned about being less stable. But I wanted to circle back around to something that you said, Kelsey, and I think, Robin, you commented on at the beginning. Why you go on the journey is so important. And I tell people, especially with regard to the journey that I went on, 
If you're trying to figure out why you're going on the journey, you need to sit down with pen and paper and be brutally honest with yourself about why you want to go on the journey and make it not about your weight and not about anybody else. Because at the end of the day, if it's about somebody else, well, situations and circumstances are going to change and you have no control over any of that. The only person you have control over is you. That's it. If your journey is about your weight, well, how are you going to feel if you don't get to the weight that you thought that you should be getting to? Then, you know, you say to yourself, well, you failed. No, let's make why we are going on the journey, why we are getting in this car with Robin and with Kelsey needs to be about anything that is internal to you, but not about anybody else. Mm -hmm. And it's not about the destination. The journey is not about the destination. It's about what happens when you arrive at the destination. Because truthfully, you go on a trip. The trip is not over when you hit the city limits. You don't turn around and go home. It's about what happens after you cross the city limits. So good. So good. Leslie, just that wisdom alone, if you people, if you just tuned in to hear that last little snippet there, which was only a fraction of the wisdom that she shared, you are going to want to go out and get yourself a copy of You Can't Eat Love. So Leslie, where can we get the book? Well, the easiest place to find all the information about me and the book is on my website, which is youcan'teatlove.com. There are some free courses and um, other free downloads on there, in addition to the links to buying the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, and a couple of other sites. All right. So youcan'teatlove.com. Thank you so much, Leslie, for coming on, for sharing your wisdom with us. I have read the book. I loved it. It's a great read. Very helpful. And it is on my to-read list for sure, especially after this conversation. I'm super excited to get a copy of it. So thank you, Leslie. We've appreciated the time. And you know what? I think we need to wrap up because I have been craving pie for the past like 20 (laughs) minutes since she brought it up. So what do you say? All right. Can't wait to connect. So I have already enjoyed the book and I know you all will enjoy it too. Leslie, everybody have a great... Nope. (laughs) Always the hardest part. We're terrible at wrapping up. This is where 98% (laughs) of our outtakes come from. Okay, just say you read the book and you liked it and then I'll take over. Okay.